What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Sports Medicine Broadcast Preventix with Kevin Robel. Kevin is working on preventative data analysis. So he's got a, a long bio here, but just a little bit. He's been working for somewhere around 12 years in the uh, D1 setting, working with the college athletics. He's done some like fully incorporating an electronic records management program, doing some, a lot of, he was just talking with Dr. Lacey Harrison, which I'm going to introduce in just a second, about how they've incorporated the FMS or the movement screens into their medical records and how they were able to regularly go back and adjust those things. So there, there's a lot of injury prevention data that he's, he's worked with. And so he's just recently started his own company called Preventix. So it's like Prevent and then ICX. And so maybe we'll get into to why the, the name there um, at some point. But Again, it's about using data-driven science to prevent injuries to improve the performance of the players or the athletes or the patients, whoever it is right there. So, um, Kevin, welcome to the Sports Medicine Broadcast. Hey, good morning, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. And then, Dr. Lacey Harrison, I didn't get your bio, but hopefully you'll be on regularly. So, she works at the University of Houston with Josh Yellen and Mark Knobloch, which if you're a podcast, a sports medicine broadcast listener, you know Dr. Yellen and Dr. Knobloch. So, Lacey, welcome to the pod- the podcast for the first time. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. <clears throat> All right. And so, without much further ado, this is sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash preventative data. And then, Kevin, let's get your some more details on your athletic trainer story and then dr harrison we're gonna ask you the same uh yeah thanks so um i was certified in a one uh so about 17 18 years i uh, spent most of my career at the division one level uh most recently at stanford um we uh we were part of that renaissance at stanford in the in the late 2000 yeah um 2007 to 2012 13 um, and I, I got really interested in clinical data. I got really interested in data science and data analytics at, and all the way to the point where I recognized this as, as a modality that, that was super, uh, super helpful for athletic trainers. However, we, we, um, we've kind of become ignorant towards data a little bit, I think, uh, just with all the hats we wear and how busy we are. Uh, and, and it's kind of, you know, I, I had to spend a couple of years, um, really looking at how we store data, how we, um, how we enter data and how we use data. And it's, it's kind of like this, uh, messy storage unit or this messy garage that, that, you know, you have to clean up at some point. Um, but, but for the last five, six years, you've just been throwing things everywhere in the garage or the storage unit, or you drive by someone's house and their garage doors up and, and it's, and it's just a mess in there. You know, it's just one of the things that, that, you know, you have to do at some point. And I really kind of grabbed hold of that. And there, there wasn't really any resources within the profession that, that I could lean on, um, with respect to, to data science and data analytics and using clinical data to my advantage. So I, 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 I had to go into the world of business analytics and uh, cloud infrastructure and 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 learn uh, the language, learn the software available, learn the infrastructure available, and then apply it to medicine where where um, there was no resources on that side either. So uh, it was like trying to trying to trying to learn Chinese, but then translate it to Spanish. So it was it was um, uh, the things like profit and loss and 
uh, all these terms in business analytics and these equations and formulas in business analytics that that are available in these softwares, I, I had to kind of like redesign them uh, just just with the data that I was working with. So um, and so I was able to translate that into a research grant uh, for the Pac-12 um, that was funded back in 2014. And that involved a kind of data analytics infrastructure within the conference that that we really, uh, the conference really wanted to provide athletic trainers with a tool that um, was able to uh, was able to help them in their treatment strategies, uh, just understanding from a global level what injury is like throughout the conference. Um, and that that allowed me to kind of leave my post and start this next venture of trying to be that resource for the profession, um, you know, just just kind of teaching that new modality to the profession in in terms of data science and data analytics there's there's very cost effective software out there infrastructure available out there um it's just it's time for us to clean out our garage i think uh and 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 really uh do a spring cleaning and and there is uh, there's resources out there that can help us um help us understand where our data is uh and then try to create what i uh, what, uh, uh, people in the field tend to call a data strategy you know um all the way from what your sources of data are in the athletic training room what you're collecting how to clean that data and then how to visualize that data uh, to really pull out the value and insight so that's kind of a quick overview of of, of how i got into this and i know you mentioned the um uh, let's see, I know you mentioned Preventix, and that's kind of a fun story about that. Um, I I was sitting with a, a really good late friend of mine um, uh, over the holidays, and uh, like Joe Horn, uh, I'm sorry, um, um, sorry, Daryl Horn, and he, uh, he basically came up with the idea for Preventix. I was struggling with what to call it, but I kept coming back to this term. We kept coming back to this term of what's called preventative analytics. And, and that's, uh, there's, there's a few different types of analytics in the space uh, that involve different types of processes. But, but I, uh, I took that term and he basically mashed it up. And, and uh, so I, 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 um, um, he will definitely be remembered. Uh, uh, in that special, unique way. So, so that's kind of where Preventix came from, uh, and it's and and uh, and we are a data analytics solution provider. Uh, so we help sports medicine organizations get a handle on their clinical data, all the way from uh, uh, like the sources, and then getting it into a centralized environment that can then be hit with analytics and and uh, and software to visualize the data and to drive that value. Hi, Dr. Harrison. What is your ET story? Well, I've been certified since 2013. I went to Lockhaven University in Pennsylvania. So, woo all my Lockhaven listeners out there, I informed them about this awesome podcast. I got my master's at Cumberland University. That's not to be confused with the University of the Cumberlands in Kentucky. Cumberland University is in Lebanon, Tennessee. So I worked primarily with Cumberland Wrestling um, but I also worked with baseball and football, and I was a preceptor for their program. I had a great time, and that's really where I fell in love with education. So I decided to get my PhD after that. So I got my PhD in health and human performance at Middle Tennessee State University. 
So I graduated in August, so still kind of a baby PhD, but luckily I'm at the University of Houston right now. Go Kooks. Um, basketball team's killing it right now. And I'm teaching in the Master of Athletic Training program. So I love research. Um, I try to promote research as much as I can, but I understand as athletic trainers, we're busy. I took three years off from practicing just to do a PhD and to work on my dissertation. And I loved it, but I know it's difficult. Um, so I'm really excited, Kevin, to talk to you. And, and I really want to know what you want the students to know in our education program. What do you want us telling them? How do you want us promoting what you're doing? And how do you want us advocating for research for the practicing athletic trainer? Yeah, great question. Um, I was reading the, the 2020 standards coming up. I've, I've, I've come out, I've, I haven't really been on the educational side of things, but I do know there's, uh, 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 there's a renovation going on with the clinical, um, with the standards. And I was looking at them the other day and there was one that, that kind of man, uh, um, that addressed this, uh, like this idea of data analytics and evidence-based practice. And, 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 uh, I, I, it's really been my experience that there's this really big gap between research and clinical medicine, right. And we're trying to merge those gaps in a lot of different ways, but, um, you know, I, I, but I think, I think really this effort is more driven around democratizing data. You know, if you wanted to, you know, back in the nineties or the two thousands, if you wanted to, to see if there was a correlation between concussion symptoms and reaction time, you know, before we had all these, all this software, you had to find a researcher, you know, that was going to, uh, 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 how to, that had the experience of doing research design um, and, and then a statistician to be able to help you with the analysis. And we've come a long way technologically speaking and, and there's, you know, there's, there's software available and there's infrastructure available uh, that can help us, uh, uh, that we as athletic trainers can leverage in our clinical practice to, uh, to not only, uh, look at that particular question, but, but, but look at the data in a way that allows you to explore it for multiple questions. Um, there's, uh, 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 infrastructures and software available that allow us to look at a lot of data on, uh, on one screen. And there may be three or four different research questions that come out of that one dashboard. Um, and it's, it, it's just, it, it's just, a. uh, uh, uh I think it's a reflection of, of how we can unlock the power of our clinical data, but we have to understand where it's coming from. We have to understand what format it's in. We have to understand um, what date means in all these other source systems and kind of clean that up and reconcile those differences. But, but if I was going to, if I was talking to a student, I, I, um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to become, it, it, it it's sweeping, um, uh, uh, this whole concept of data analytics is, is um, uh, 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 using your organizational data is sweeping business and we're, uh, uh, we're part of a group that's kind of lagging behind that adoption, uh, but it is going to become very important uh, for professions in medicine uh, to, to be able to leverage data here in the next decade or two, because that's, uh, that's where all this is, uh, is going. You know, you have, uh, these uh, 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 
you have these large healthcare systems that are adopting patient portals and and uh, like self service analytics and and um, you know giving access to patient uh, 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 giving patients access to some of their analytics. So it's it, uh, 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 it's where the profession's going, and I think we have to. Um, we have to retool quickly uh, just because I, th I think we are at uh, because we wear so many hats um, and we've kind of neglected that clinical data side of things. I, th I think we are at risk of, of, um, of losing the, the, uh, the stronghold that we have on that clinical data, you know, and, and, and I've seen some, I've seen uh, a shift in a trend, I think, just uh, to speak to that a little bit. There's, you know, we're, uh, we work closely with other healthcare disciplines and other, uh, uh, other performance disciplines at the division one level. But the, you know, the, the uh, 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 there's been this trend where we've seen some administrative positions um, start to be given uh, to the sports scientists and the data scientists. And, and I think the reason that is, is they have access to this infrastructure and they have access to this data and they can, um, they're able to answer those tough questions in meetings where if you don't have access to that clinical data or can't aggregate that, or don't have a infrastructure to aggregate that to answer that, you know, it's, uh, it's not going to be, um, it's not going to be beneficial. So I, I, I think it's, it's a call to action. I think also, you know, we, we have to clean out our garage, like I mentioned. <laughs> All right. So again, specifically like towards, uh, Dr. Harrison's question, what do you feel like she as an athletic trainer educator should be teaching? Like, should she just be giving them an overview? Should be, should they kind of add in an extra course because it seems like every time I talk to Yellen or Knobloch they're well we're going to change it up we're going to add in an extra course one other thing that they need to know and so what do you feel like that she specifically needs to know yeah there's um I think it starts with the infrastructure right so uh so uh, uh companies like Apple Microsoft and Google have all taken out over uh, like 300 I, I think it was 300 healthcare patents between 2013 and 2017, and that that infrastructure is there. So, so if you're using a web-based, um, let's see, if you're using web-based medical record system, that data is going somewhere, right? So, uh, 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 and and chances are it's it, uh, it's hosted on Amazon or it's hosted on Microsoft. Those are those are the two kind of platforms that that are that most of our data and software uh, like sit in a cloud environment. Um, so uh, I think learning about uh, how accessible your data is from there uh, is, uh, is hugely important. And then, you know, from the visualization side, uh, uh, there's companies like Tableau, Periscope, ClickSense. These are more of the visualization softwares where, where you can access data that sits in the cloud um, and, and, and then run your traditional analysis or build a dashboard, you know, that, 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 that is helpful for, uh, uh, for your clinicians. Um, but I, but I think, uh, uh, I do think the educational piece needs to, uh, we need to start learning about cloud infrastructure and cloud software and uh, at least understanding where our data is, uh, 
like sitting, like where does my Fitbit data go or where does my wearable technology data go? You know, we don't even know that. I, I, I just ran into a startup um, in San Diego where they're using wearable technology uh, to measure hydration levels. And, and it, it, it could be a game changer for athletic trainers. The company's called hydrostasis, but, but what I'm, what, what, uh, uh, that's just another source that we have to, that we have to deal with in the athletic training. room. if we purchase 25 of those, you know, we put them on our athletes. Oh yeah. Great. You know, it comes up on, uh, you get a notification when you dehydrated, but where's that data going, you know, and, and how do I get that data out? And, uh, and so that's, that's where my kind of interest is uh, in order to help out the profession of athletic training. And, and if you're talking from an education standpoint, that's, I think that's where we need to uh, expand in our horizons a little bit and get out into those areas. So you brought up our, our 2020 standards and within those, there's a big emphasis on interprofessional education. So is this something that you suggest if we were, if programs are trying to build a course that maybe we work in med students and nursing students, physicians assistants, like is this something that you see going outside of athletic training so we're no longer in our silos? Yeah, I think that's a great point. And uh, I would probably even add that um, from, a data, uh, from a data standpoint, a data science standpoint, I would, I would argue that the nurses, uh, uh, nursing students, fellow physicians, uh, they don't get that either you know they're more in the in the um in the western kind of education for medicine they they're i I would say they don't get that uh, those points either so um yeah i I didn't cross discipline education is important in this area um you know we can learn uh you know having a data scientist you know teach a course in athletic training you know would make sense you know and and not um, you know, not, uh, you know, going out and finding those professionals to teach that education, uh, is important. And so you, I, I think I understood this correctly, but in the PAC 12, y'all basically all use the same system. So like here at Pasadena high school, we use rank one, or, you know, I talk about dragonfly and max a lot. Um, so every school in that conference uses the same electronic records management so that you can get a better view of like a large population. Is, is that what I understood? Yeah. So, so all the schools are, uh, use the same web-based, uh, a web-based medical record system and all the screens are standardized. All the case report forms are standardized. So everyone's looking at the same screen. So we're kind of standardizing the data entry um, you know, we are, uh, and the conference wants to be able to provide that information back to the athletic trainers as a tool and a resource for them to, to, uh, uh, to, to enhance the relationship they have with their student athletes and the patient care that, uh, and they provide their student athletes. All right. So you're all looking at the same screen. You're all putting in the same data. You've talked about this um, hydrasis or whatever it was, the hydration, wearable hydration equipment, you know, we're talking about all these different wearable accelerometers and that kind of thing. Um, where is like the limit or is there just, it continues to grow as the technology becomes available. So kind of what are you collecting now and what do you see collecting in the future? I'm, I'm not collecting anything. I'm, uh, 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 this Preventix is more of that, um, resource that consulting resource to 
help you understand what you guys are collecting. Um, uh, the, the, uh, you mentioned the limit of, of what, what we can collect. I, I think as we continue down this, this world of the internet of things and, and um, as we see technology continue its footprint in medicine, I, 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 I don't know where the, I, I don't know where the limit is as far as what we can collect in the athletic training room. But historically, you know, uh, we have uh, we have everything from our structured systems or so our medical record technology, our pre-participation physical exam system, our team, our uh, our uh, uh, like. Uh, like sport management system where we manage the athletes schedules and things like that potentially. And then we have the unstructured data, which might be like cell file where you're capturing FMS scores uh, sitting on your computer somewhere, or you have a set of paper, um, excuse me, or if you have uh, like some data sitting on pen and paper somewhere. So um, that, 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 that entire landscape, um, you know, uh, we can now leverage uh, to enhance outcomes. In your opinion, is there anything specific that you think we should be researching or anything that's lacking right now that you suggest athletic trainers should be collecting data on? I'm kind of more of the cons- uh, uh, the conservative and, and, and you know, I, I think before we start to expand what we're capturing, I think it's, uh, uh, I keep going back to this garage metaphor, you know, the, the, I, th- I think we have, I think we have a lot of work and effort to do first to standardize the foundation of what we're, uh, what we're required to collect. So our soap note documentation, our initial injury examination forms, our treatments. Um, I think, I, I think that is, I would say that's, that to me is, is the foundational piece, but um, you know, I, I do hear that there's some promise in these wearable technology. We're starting to work closer with strength conditioning and uh, uh, performance coaches. Um, and we're, and we're starting to incorporate some of those metrics into our treatment strategies. So load is a big topic, um, on that side of the fence. Um, if you have the ability to capture load, I think there's some promising research out there on, on, uh, load as a risk factor for injury. Um, and recovering from injury. Athletic training is starting to um, build specialties in the form of residencies that are popping up. So eventually I would assume there's going to be a specialty that's, that is exactly what you're doing. So do you have any advice based on your experiences of what the students should be doing if this is what they want to do with their athletic training degree? Yeah, I think that's a great, um, uh, I think that's a great question. And I, uh, but one of my visions is is that there would be a badge inside athletic training, you know, kind of like certification in PNF or certification in Mulligan mobilizations, you know, uh, certification in data science. What that is, I think, I think there's there's some different ways we can approach that. But but yeah, I I, I do see data analytics and data science as as a modality, just uh, just another modality that we have. Um, uh, if if I was talking to someone that was interested in it, uh, there's uh, uh, like I said, there's uh, there's really limited amounts of resources on the medical side of it, more on the rehab side of it. Um, I had to go out into the business world and learn about some terms and and software available. I had to uh, I had to go into the 
I had to go over to the database side to kind of learn things. So that's, that's, as we structure this curriculum for this badge, you know, there, there is some, uh, there is some, uh, like, uh, 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 some certain concepts, you know, that, 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 that I was really interested in just kind of understanding that I knew where all my data was, was like a big load off my pack. But, uh, that, that, um, you know, and, and I'd also see this as, I mean, I, I don't know when the last time, you know, I don't know when the last time the profession innovated, you know, if, if you talk about that, I, I think, I think, uh, I, I think I had to go through kind of this metamorphosis and I had to innovate myself in order to really understand what I was getting into. And, and it, I mean, um, you know, the tape, uh, uh, ankle tape, I don't know if you guys want to, um, I don't know when you guys, how you guys would ask that, uh, uh, answer that question. But 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 when the last time this profession innovated, I think I think if 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 you look at how we can innovate, um, you know, just yeah, in some talks with Adam, you know that uh, like this is one area where we're ripe for innovation. I I truly believe, you know, because because we, we have the tools at our disposal right now. It's just. Um, we we just don't know the power yet that's that's in this data all right so we, i'm here in the secondary setting so i'm in the high school we don't have any of the wearable technology we have the the emr like i said we use rank one here so we kids sign in every time they come in to get treatment we don't do like a sign in when they're on the field on the court those type treatments or evaluations <clears throat> and then when they you know they sign in and will enter what they do for rehab or or that kind of thing so what it, me as a new client for preventix what what are you gonna where are we gonna go right because i'm giving i'm gonna say okay well here is all the data that i have what are we gonna do right so so if uh, like once we figure that out and we can get access to all your data from rank one, you know, we would, uh, uh, and we would want to know where your other data sources are, you know, and, and there's some inconspicuous data sources that, that, um, you know, I think at the high school level, um, I understand there's some challenges there, but we would move that data to a centralized environment that, that you, I'm going to govern and manage, and that would sit in the cloud. So uh, uh, we would work with your vendor, Rank One, to get you that data and get you access to that data on a recurring schedule and move it to an environment where we can then build these dashboards. And, and um, you know, a lot about it is more uh, exploratory analysis, right? So you, so you may not know what certain area you want to research or you might not know what your data is telling you. So we might have a dashboard that, that shows the number of injuries across your organization broken down by sport and gender. Uh, but uh, the content of that is obviously where, where we would find some more insight. Um, all right. So you said where else gather all the data sources. So we've talked multiple times about the AT value model, collecting some data, start somewhere, do something to collect that to show your to show your value or to prevent injury. So here, like I said, what what else would you be looking for? Or would you be saying, hey Jeremy, do you have any blank? Yeah. And the cost is something that we can get from 
like the web. So we can apply a CPT code to every treatment and every uh, every evaluation that we do. So now we're blending across another data source, right? So so um, you know I would I would want to know if you had a concussion management system, right? So I I, I would imagine um, we use. Um, I'd imagine you guys use some sort of technology to assess and manage concussions. So that would be another data source that, that uh, uh, we would be able to blend across your medical record data uh, to find some insight and some find some value in, in those, those otherwise disparate data sources, right? Could you talk about the same process for the educator? So we have a research emphasis in our program and we have multiple partners, multiple universities, multiple high schools, professional sports. Would you be able to work across um, multiple programs and different software in order to put something together for an educational program so our students could find a way to use that data for research? Right. I, I, I do think there's some opportunity to, uh, to, to consolidate a lot of uh, these data from multiple um, and geographic locations, right? So, and and student research is a is a big part of the profession. And and if it, uh, if we're able to consolidate uh, all that clinical data and uh, to aggregate it, you know, I I think we have a powerful tool. And uh, uh, the biggest challenge we have is that we still have some of these on premise deployments. And uh, and by that I mean. Like the data center or the data that you collect, part of these systems is stored on campus. And once and and uh, so historically, that presented a very big challenge. But now, with cloud infrastructure, we can um, blend that data across uh, to, uh, and on those different campuses. So I I I do think that uh, I do think there is an opportunity there. Do you think it's something we can use for? educational data as well. Like you mentioned with our standards changing, um, we're now going to have a lot of master's programs. If we're looking at clinical outcomes of the students, can we apply the same type of program? Yes. Yeah. So the uh, nice thing about this is these systems are agnostic to, uh, to the data, right? Uh, you can put, uh, you can put, uh, you can supplant one of these data analytics infrastructures on top of any any uh, any type of data, you know. So I, I, th- I think I think we talk about democratizing the data uh, to people like educators. It's 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 the same infrastructure. It's just the data that's underlying changes. And we talked about FMS a little bit before, but could you just kind of walk us through the process? If I'm an athletic trainer and I collect, just for example, FMS data on all my athletes and we reach out to you and we want to have this type of infrastructure with our with our data, what process do we go through? How do I, how would I work with you and your company to get that data where it needs to be? Right. So, so we, um, I wouldn't ask you to give me your data. I would I would work with you with your data. Um, we would work to get it into a location in the cloud, um, whether it be with Microsoft or whether it be a file sharing system. Usually, the the, the structure that we deal with a lot is CSV file, like Excel, right? Um, so that's very accessible. Um, uh, something we can store securely in the cloud, 
And then what we would do is, is we would start building these dashboards around the data. We want to clean the data. We want to look at its structure and its format. Um, you know, to, the, the uh, specifically the FMS. We, um, you know, the FMS is pretty structured data when you uh, uh, if you think about it. Structured meaning it's easy to put in rows and columns and score in the column and and the test in the row. Uh, so so once we have a structured um, kind of approach to it, the uh, uh, on the analytics really falls out of that, and 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 uh, you know we can build dashboards and give you access to those dashboards um, through a secure connection that 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 you own all the software, right? You own all of the all of the infrastructure. I'm I'm more of the traditional consultant that that comes in and helps you build it, right? There's obviously a cost associated with all that. So have you had any athletic trainers apply for grants and reach out to you for advice? Like, Obviously, you could come up with a pretty strong grant proposal just based on what we've talked about so far. But do you have any advice for athletic trainers who are trying to find a funding source and trying to come up with a grant proposal? The cost of this 15, 20 years ago would have been, uh, I think for a lot of athletic training, would have been cost um prohibitive but uh with with storage resources uh, like vastly outpacing software right now you know it it's it's quickly becoming very cost effective to do things like this uh the the uh, uh, where the cost uh, where the cost will go is when you start um, looking at the data and start trying to crunch the data that's where we get to the kind of limits of our understanding as athletic trainers. And we tend to reach out to a statistician to help us or we, uh, we reach out to a researcher to help us. So, uh, but from the infrastructure standpoint and the software standpoint, it's, it's, uh, it, it's fairly cost effective to, to do this in the cloud. All right. So again, um, Looking at it from the secondary setting, have you had any any clients at all? Because, like I said, here at Pasadena, we don't have a whole lot of that. But I know some of the schools, like Allen High School here um, in Texas, they've won several state championships. They have like seven athletic trainers or something like that crazy. Or that's DeSoto, but Allen has like four athletic trainers. You know, so they have a lot of people, a lot of um, a lot of hands to, to kind of collect that data, and they have a lot of people also saying, "Hey." try out my product hey try out my product because you know there's a lot of visibility on it with a team like that so have you done any sort of work with uh secondary schools so far i have not so but uh you know i i i i haven't been in uh, in that environment for a uh, for a long time but but i i have seen here locally that um uh you know, here in Southern California, that the outreach model is 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 continuing, and and I think those organizations that manage those high schools, kind of under that outreach model, I, I think have a huge opportunity to learn a lot about uh, uh, prevalence and 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 incidents of of injury at the high school level. I just don't know. I don't know really what their infrastructure is like or what they're collecting because I know cost is something that that uh, that's a uh, well, it's a major challenge at that level um but uh I, I i i i have yet to have the opportunity to work with 
any high school athletic trainings in that regard, but, but, uh, we are, um, I would, I love the opportunity to, to work with an outreach model. I think, uh, 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 you know, I, if they had a standardized medical record system, kind of like the concept we were just talking about, if they had a standardized medical record system and they had 20 high schools, you know, I, I think the, uh, the amount of value that you, there has to be value in that data, right? It, 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 there's, but I, I just don't know. I'm, I'm in the process of finding out what, what that infrastructure is like with an outreach model. Um, you know, I come from the division one level where, you know, each of the use, each of the institutions usually use their own system and it's kind of siloed, like you were saying, uh, 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 like you were saying earlier. So I, but, but, uh, uh, but I do think from a, uh, I think from a practitioner value standpoint, uh, and from an outcome standpoint, the outreach model, just because of the reach that they have these larger systems, I think, I think there is some value in that data. I just, I just don't know how they're leveraging it and would love to help them out if, if, if they were interested. All right. Dream world 10 years from now, where do you see Preventix and how do you see it changing our profession? Great question. I'm, I'm, I'm in my first year. So this has kind of been a big roller coaster for me and especially changing from, from the clinical setting. It's, it, uh, it's been quite uh, the challenge, but, but I, I, I think where I think perfect world, I, I see athletic trainers. Um, I think I would see athletic trainers leveraging data, you know, as much as, you see sports scientists uh, uh, leveraging data. Uh, like we collect it, uh, we are required to collect this and we're required to have a certain standard of, uh, of data collection. And I see Preventix being able to help out with um, maximizing patient care uh, by uncovering the hidden insight. Yeah in this data. And, and I really, I really think athletic training is, uh, is well positioned for this. It's just, we have to invest in our data. We have to invest in our infrastructure. Um, and that's, uh, that's kind of where I, I see me being able to help out as, uh, uh, as far as a small business owner, but, but I love the profession of athletic training and I think we're well positioned for this. Like I mentioned, uh, it's, it's, but I think if we don't invest in our clinical health, health informatics infrastructure, I think we run the risk of being, uh, kind of surpassed by other disciplines, uh, that, uh, like for example, the sports science and the strength and conditioning and the performance side who are leveraging, who are making that investment. Can you give some advice to the athletic trainer that works maybe at a smaller school or, um, and my, you know, not everything's like Texas. So where I'm from, there's one athletic trainer to sometimes three high schools in the area. So they may not be collecting a whole lot of data. And sometimes they have to even defend that, that their salary, you know, that they need to be part of the budget. So can you talk about the other end a little bit outside of injury prevention, but maybe data that the parents want to see in the high school setting or you know, how the athletic trainer is saving money and reducing healthcare barriers. Can we still use your software for that type of research? First, first, 
Nowhere else is like Texas. We got to get that straight. Tex- Never seen high schools this big until I came to Texas. Yes, Texas is Texas. That's all we need to say, right? So go ahead. Go ahead, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they say Texas size for a reason, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, um, I think that's a great question. Uh, you know, the, the, the challenge for the athletic trainer that works multiple high schools, um, you know, they're, they're the they're the, and I, I, sometimes I don't know how they do it, but, um, you know, that there, there is some challenges there, but I think if, if we can, if we can start to, you know, take, take some CPT code data and, and at least put a value to the treatments that we are doing and the data that we are, um, uh, the data that we are collecting, I think that's a start to, 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 to start to be able to give back to stakeholders. I, I saved or I generated or I saved you X amount of money this month by by driving across the city and covering this, this sport. So um, I think that's a start. And then, um, you know, from a parent standpoint, I, I, I was talking to an old student athlete of mine and, and I, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't think she's a parent yet, but we were talking about, you know, um, if a student athlete was injured for the first time and a lot of high school, uh, and a high school, I'm sorry, a lot of high school student athletes do experience an injury for the first time. Uh, if they had a system or if they had an ability to ask questions and get, and we get data-driven answers rather than subjective experience. For example, you know, she was going through some rehab for a lower extremity injury. And it was a little bit unique of an injury. And she was like, I, I asked her, I said, uh, would you, if you were going through this again and you had these questions of uh, what the chances I'm going to need surgery on this, what are the chances I'm going to need an MRI on this injury? Instead of us, uh, instead of us responding to that question as an athletic trainer uh, with subjective experience, you know, your demographics might be different than the county next door or the state next to you. Um, but but to be able to say, yeah, 30% of the time, this type of injury with this, the prevents like this is going to require an MRI or 15% of the time, this injury requires surgical intervention. You know, I, I was asking her about this and, and, and I said, would you like a system like that? And this was seven, eight years ago, but, uh, but she was like, well, duh. Yeah. That doesn't exist. And I'm like, we are way far from that. But, but, but the funny thing is we're, we're very capable of doing that now. So from a, like from a parent standpoint and a risk mitigation standpoint, I think data can drive some of those verticals as well. Um, and give some comfort to a family that that is experiencing soft injury, uh, soft tissue injury for the first time. I talk to a lot of athletic trainers, um, and I actually I don't enjoy collecting the data. I don't enjoy doing the paperwork. I don't enjoy looking at the data. Right? The only reason I do it is because I've had so many conversations on the podcast or at presentations. And so if I'm talking to somebody on the podcast or um, at a presentation, right, then what do you think I should be telling them, how should I encourage them to begin collecting data? Um, and then I guess what are the, the best ways to do that? 
Yeah, I, I think it all starts with a strategy, right? You have to have a strategy on what you're collecting, right? There's the, and we, and I believe there's a position statement out from the NATA on, on, on some level of documentation, but, but I, th- I think if, if you're looking, okay, how do I start? Uh, I think you really have to understand what you want to collect and how you're collecting it. So um, we, we, uh, the, just an example, part of, part of the regrowth of Stanford sports medicine, we, we completely overhauled some of the way we were documenting on sports injury. Uh, and we set forth minimum standards. So if a student athlete walks in and they have a, um, they have a sport related musculoskeletal injury, you, uh, you have to document minimally these 16 things. Uh, if someone comes in uh, with a stomach flu, a non-sport related injury or something, and that you were going to refer almost immediately, you had to document these eight things, let's say. So I, 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 having a strategy on what you're documenting and how you're documenting it. So it, it becomes second nature and you know exactly what you're doing and software can automate some of this, you know, your medical record can automate some of these things for you. But, uh, but, but I think that's the first and uh, that's the first strategy. You really took a chance and did something completely different. That's really benefiting our profession, but do you have any advice for the athletic trainer who's thinking about making that leap and stepping out of the traditional setting to, to do something a little bit different? Yeah. Um, keep thinking about it. I think that's the best, you know, they say, you know, if, if you have a thought that if you have an idea, if you have an idea and, it, and you find yourself thinking about it throughout the day, keep thinking about it. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I love the profession of athletic training. I, I don't think uh, yeah, I fell in love with it 17, 18 years ago. Um, and it, it is a great profession, but there's, but it allows you to do so many other things as well. We have a, a wealth of knowledge, um, and that knowledge is growing. And, and, and I think it, it, whether it's, um, high school, uh, I mean, whether it's high school outreach division one traditional setting, I mean, there's, there's huge opportunities for athletic training and, uh, um, uh, I, I would say just keep thinking about it, you know, and, and, and we have so much experience and wealth of knowledge that we can influence this healthcare system, I think for the, uh, for the good. You know, I just talked to Adam Larson from Athletic Training Box and his is a subscription based service where they send you a box of goods and it was the same thing. He had this idea and he just kind of held on to it. And like after that, I had uh, mentioned to my wife and she's like, yeah, you know, I did the same thing. She had an idea of like, we need to create a space for people to just take a nap. Right. Because, you know, we were young parents and she was tired all the time having to stay up. And so now she found out there's nap bars or something like that. And so I was like, see, should should have stuck with it. Should have kept thinking about it, creating an idea and a plan. And so, yeah, just that the same thing is keep thinking about it, create a plan talk to some people, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And there's, and there is, and you'll find inside the profession, you'll, you'll find people that think the same way. They're, they're a little bit harder to find, but, but you will find people that, that, 
uh, to have that disruptive way of thinking. And I think that's, that is much needed in this profession. We, we, um, I think we're in an inflection point with athletic training, you know, in a lot of ways, uh, data and technology and health informatics, I think is, is we kind of cringe at it and we kind of shy away from it. But, but, um, uh, there are people inside the profession that, that are disruptive thinkers and that's, and that's what we need. So, um, if you have that idea, keep thinking, cause it's uh, more than likely it, 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 it can be disruptive. <laughs> so if you were in the position to hire someone to help you out for all of the people out there that are interested in this field, could you talk about characteristics that you'd be looking for that would benefit your business or, uh, you know, people that are into stats, people that are into research, like what would you be looking for for your perfect candidate? Yeah, good. Yeah, good question. I I think uh, I, I think right now um, we're a uh, 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 you know we're a very small company. We're growing, but um, people that are interested, I th- I, th- I think have to um, uh, uh, I think have to have that growth mindset. You know, and 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 I, I think we're starting to see athletic trainers uh, across the country adopt that growth mindset. Um, uh, the stats background is 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 very helpful when we get to the analytics phase. Uh, but you know, from a if you're gonna if you're gonna remodel your house, you know, I I, I would be looking for more of, of kind of like the database management side as well. Uh, I probably the one thing I didn't do, which I sometimes I kind of think about and I kick myself uh, for not doing, but, but, but was learn to code, you know, that's probably one skill that I don't have. So, uh, if there are any athletic trainers that know how to code in multiple languages, which I don't, I mean, that would be, that would be like finding Yoda, but, um, that, that is something that, that, uh, 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 and that is a skill set that that is highly valuable. Um, uh, not only being able to code, but to understand medicine and 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 sports medicine and rehab medicine. I think that's the blend of the of the two characteristics that, that make it hard to find. All right, so I know um, Joe Scarcella, Brandy Curry, Adam Larson, Max Mahaffey, Scott Mullet. We're all checking in live, joining the the live stream there. Um, so. Kevin, if as as we're kind of closing out there, we're talking about Preventix, um, what 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 else would you say to any one of us? Because we are we are athletic trainers about preventative data analysis. Yeah, I, I there's there is untapped. You know, um, there's a quote out there. But, uh, 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 Peter Sondergaard, the uh, director of of global research for Gartner. And it, um, it says, um, well, information is the oil of the 21st century. Analytics is the combustion engine. If there's one thing I could say that there's, there's untapped, there's untapped, um, wealth of information inside of the data that we are collecting, you know, uh, like securing that data and is, is, uh, As pan, um, I know securing that data is tantamount. However, there's 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 a, 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 
there's a load of wealth inside that data. I, th I think that if we can learn to unlock and learn the tools to, uh, to, to get into that data, we will find something special and unique. I want to remind uh, each of you listening to check out the sponsors because they're the ones that support the show and, and help me pay the bills and have these cool t-shirts that I'm wearing if you're watching the live stream. Um, so check all of those out. Again, that's on the website, Sports Medicine Broadcast. Dr. Harrison, final thoughts about data analytics, preventics, the future of athletic training? Uh, I love research. That's why I got a PhD. So um, anyone that's thinking about continuing their education, I know a lot of people are hesitant, but it's only going to help our profession, as Kevin has stated. So um, keep doing the research, keep collecting the data, reach out to people like Kevin if you need help, and just keep plugging. All right, Kevin, somebody wants to get a hold of you. You said website is a great way, or your email, which is kevin at preventix.com, which is P-R-E-V-E-N-T-I-C-X.com. So you can reach out to Kevin via his email, so which is kevin at preventix.com, or the website, which is preventix.com. Dot com. Dr. Harrison said you can tweet her, Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram. No, she really just said uh, hit her up on the email, which is lharris5 at central.uh.edu. Or you can find her on Twitter, which is LaceyJ, which is L-A-Y-C-I-J. And of course, I am Jeremy Jackson. Looking anywhere on the Sports Medicine Broadcast, you can find information about me. So this is sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash preventative data. Again, sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash preventative data. And then also when you go to sportsmedicinebroadcast.com, that'll have the National Athletic Training Month if we're doing the giveaways there. Or it also have a link to like the sponsors and supporters. So check those out for me. It helps, uh, helps me pay some of the website hosting bills and stuff like that. So for Kevin Robel of Preventix, for Dr. Lacey Harrison from the University of Houston Master of Athletic Training Program, or, and for Jeremy Jackson, you know did Yellen tell you that you have to do a, a plug for U of H? Because every time he's on it, he's like, you can find us at... He didn't. But you should find us on Facebook because I do a lot of the posting. So there's fun stuff on there. And that's Master of Athletic Training Program at the University of Houston. Go Cougs. All right. So if you want to check out the U of H MAT program, uh, you can do it that way as well. So for Jeremy, Dr. Harrison, Kevin Robel, that is a wrap. Thanks.